Welcome to Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better, where I talk about my personal and my group coaching clients' experiences of healing our hearts, authentically falling in love with ourselves, and yes, finding someone better. I'm Claire the Heartbreak Coach. Let's take your love life and entire life to the next level. Hello, my loves. We are at episode 95, How to Let Go. So I'm 99.9% sure that somewhere in the last 94 episodes, I had a title that was similar to this title, but I decided I'm not even going to go back and look at that because I have been a coach now for five years and specifically a heartbreak coach for the last three years and even in the last year, a finding love coach because I really saw how my own personal process of calling in the love of my life now 15 months ago really works and I've seen it now work with multiple clients over the last year. Yes, even during a pandemic. And what I love so much about being a coach is continuing to do the work myself and continuing to evolve, not just as a coach, but as a human. So I'm, again, sure that I have created an episode that is something to the effect. Maybe my producer, Daniel, you can go back and add it to the show notes. But I think what I'm going to offer here on the art of letting go will be that much different. Maybe some parts. I'm sure there's going to be an overlap from whatever I talked about before, but I didn't even want to go back because something that I really appreciated from a peer coach of mine this past week is that we never stop growing ourselves as coaches. And let's say you've written a book. Let's say I wrote a book on heartbreak two years ago. What I'm going to contribute today versus two years ago will be that much more up-leveled and that much more evolved because I'm committing to constantly up-leveling and evolving my brain as it gets coached and as it continues to study the brain on heartbreak, study the brain on being single and study the single brain looking for love. So I'm just constantly stretching myself, growing myself, educating myself through coaching and through getting coached. And that's why I really wanted to talk about letting go yet again as we wrap up this insane year. So I even think that this episode applies to people who might just be in thriving relationships right now. I know a lot of you still tune in because you appreciate my thoughts on mindset and you find hearing about relationships, heartbreak, singledom, probably because you were there yourself and you can apply it into your own life. As I always say, I work with a business coach. I also work with a personal coach. I really love to continue to stretch and grow myself, despite the fact that I already have a dream thriving business and a dream thriving partnership. But as I have recently mentioned, I'm also transitioning into really getting to know my partners for children and always elevating my business. So therefore, I need to continue to elevate my mind because when I take my business to the next level, it's a place I've never been before. And as I get to know these four precious beings in this different way, because they're my partners, 
center of his universe, right? That's also a position that I have never been in. So I want to do it in the most conscious, most up-leveled, most emotionally mature way because this shit isn't easy. Life isn't easy. So I never preach to any of my clients or students of my brand new course, Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better. I use the pronoun him because of my own experience as a heterosexual woman, but this coaching course is for everyone who wants to heal their hearts and ultimately find love. And yes, I'm the product of my product. I have found the love of my life. I've healed multiple heartbreaks, including the most gut-wrenching, devastating heartbreak of my life, having recovered from an emotionally abusive relationship with a narcissistic sociopath 10 years ago, my work still continues. I confessed on recent episodes, I ran my body into the ground, coaching 20 people at once and creating this course. I was really abandoning the love for myself, which is a huge component of the course. It's this, it's the middle section, the fall in love with you section, which is so crucial in order to call your right love in. And again, so many people say to me, Claire, I do. I love love myself. I just am in this horrible relationship or I just got my heart stomped on. There's more work to do. And yes, I know I elevated myself to get to such an incredible place of elevating my relationship with myself. But again, that work continues. I didn't just do it so that Larry could come into my life. Yeah, that was a huge motivating factor, but the work on myself still continues. And when I invited this new experience of creating this huge course that's almost 60 videos, you guys get lifetime access for $597. I also offer a three-month payment plan. So head on over to ClaireTheHeartbreakCoach.com. You can't not find the link to the course. I put my all into it, but I really ran myself into the ground and I was like, oh my gosh, there that is again. There's me abandoning my health again and not even realizing it because my brain was just on this fast moving train, focusing on service, focusing on this thing, this this baby that I wanted to birth into the world that so many people had, had asked me for for years and it was time. And I just didn't even realize how much I was abandoning myself, even while I was getting coached, even while my coaches were saying, you need rest. And I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I would schedule the time, but then it would never work out. Or I had these teeny, teeny pockets, but I was like constantly letting my brain go, go, go. So again, as I always say, I don't sit here on some high horse on this podcast or in any of my services to my clients or in this course or on Instagram. You can follow me at Claire the Heartbreak Coach. I certainly don't sit here saying, no, I've got it all figured out and I've arrived. No, I've created a fucking amazing life, but my work continues as I always want to expand. So my brain is always going to freak out when I'm in new positions of getting to know these amazing little beings that are the center of my partner's world and creating this separate part in my business that I've never done before. I was a theater major. I was never setting out to be an entrepreneur or a businesswoman or a CEO of a company on my own. It was just never anything that I planned. It's amazing. I'm so proud. And I'm also a little ah at times because it's foreign to my brain. So piggying off of that, I've realized that despite how far I have come, I still have this not enough story that I have shared 
on multiple episodes and on my email list and in articles that I've written for Poosh. And this not enough story, despite the fact that I've created the love of my life and a dream business and have healed my heart, there's sneaky ways where my brain says I should be doing more. I should be doing more. Not enough, not enough, not enough. And if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that I'm all about self-coaching and recognizing that me thinking, Claire, it's not enough or you should be doing more. I mean, I just gave it away. It's just a thought. It is a thought that my brain has habitually been used to thinking for years and years and years and years and years. And so it is my job to catch the thought, recognize how I feel when I think that thought, what are the actions that I put into place, which, as I just shared, ran my body into the ground for four months, stressed myself out, and I'm still recovering. I'm still sleeping like 10 hours a night, which is crazy for this person who usually sleeps like seven hours max. And... Then my job is to shift my thoughts into a better feeling intentional thought. But here's the tricky part about coaching and why I think coaching is so important is that sometimes our brains are in such a place of resistance. We don't want to let go of that old habitual thought that doesn't serve us. It just feels familiar and factual. It feels familiar and factual, despite how uncomfortable it is, and despite me having been a coach for five years and gets coached by who I think are the best coaches in the world, my brain still really wants to attach to bullshit that makes me feel like ass. When I'm thinking I'm not enough or I should be doing more, my result is I'm not really fully relaxing and enjoying my off time. For the first time in five years, I am taking nine days off where I am not coaching. My work phone is off and just being present with my partner and present with myself. And my brain is like, "Ah, I don't know if I can do it. What is that going to look like? Doing nothing. What? And some of you listening might totally be eye-rolling me being like, oh, Claire, you're just like such an overachiever. Good for you. I actually had a friend say, I wish I had that problem, Claire. Look, I'm not saying I want to have the opposite problem where I have no motivation to do anything, but I do believe that there is such a thing as a healthy balance. And here I am talking about being a life coach and living my best life. And yes, I do know that I'm living my best life. I'm just going through something right now. Really, I'm coming off the heels of recognizing that there that stubborn, sneaky thought was, and I really indulged it while my brain was just freaking the fuck out, endeavoring on something. Is that a is that a word? I love how every episode I'm like, is that a word? But you guys know what I mean. Endeavoring? I don't know. I don't know. But I <laughs> endeavored upon this journey of literally working 24-7 for four straight months. And I don't, I'm not proud of that. And it was really driven by a thought of, it's not enough. It has to be done. Oh, it was also, I didn't have enough time. It has to be done by the end of November because I made this promise to all the people. Instead of making the the ultimate promise to myself, which is always put, putting me and my health first. So 
I didn't want to let go of that. And my brain has very much been resistant to being like, you are enough. You have enough. You're amazing. Look at all the things you accomplished this year. My coach had us make a list of all the results that we created. And when I look at that list, it is incredible. But it's fascinating to watch my brain say, not enough, not enough, not enough. And I know a lot of you are listening right now who are struggling with letting go of your Mr. or Miss Wrong. And a few of my clients are really going through that. And hello, we've been in a pandemic, so we've been alone with our minds more often than most of us would like to be. It's also the holidays. We're wrapping up this crazy year. And I always think the holidays really does, even though it being the holidays is a neutral circumstance. Our thoughts about the holidays is that we want to feel the love and the joy in the air. And as someone who has been single for, I spent the last 10 Christmases just with my family without a partner. I was with my partner last year, but we were newly dating. So I was back in Charlotte visiting family. I think that we really can feel extra heavy in our hearts. I know there's been many a Christmases when I'm heartbroken and it just feels that much more cripplingly gut-wrenching because all we want is to share in the joy and the cheer of the holidays with our partners. And I think it's extra hard to let go, which is really why I wanted to do this episode. And so I came up with three basic steps that you can move through to let go. And I want to first start off with what doesn't work. When you're trying to let go, here's what doesn't work. Telling yourself you should let go. It's time to let go. Let's let go now. You should be ready now. And it really doesn't hurt when loved ones are telling you, I say this from experience, Claire, it's it's time to let go. Now, I get my loved ones because I'm an Irish woman and I dwell and I dwell and I dwell and I never forget the shitty things that are said <laughs> and I harbor on them. And I'm giving Irish people a bad name. I'm 100% Irish. Oh, I wasn't born. I was born in the States, but lived there for five years as a kid. My parents are off the boat. My brothers are... Well, one now is Irish citizen because the other one is an FBI agent and had to give up his Irish citizenship. Fun fact. But we are off the boat from Ireland, and it is definitely a stereotype that an Irish woman likes to dwell on things. I don't know about the men, but definitely the women and I identify with that for sure. So I totally understand my loved ones who also just not only were sick of me dwelling, right, but were also caring and wanted. I'll never forget one of my dear friends, Kate, when I was just so in it in my heartbreak, she said, I miss my friend. I want my friend back, you know, and I totally understand that. And that really struck a chord with me. And I felt terrible. And I wanted to be that friend back to her. I did, but my desire to hold on to him and hold on to the painful story was clearly stronger because my brain just couldn't stop. So that said, saying, it's I should be letting go, I should let go, I should let go, or indulging other people's opinions that you should let go doesn't work. It doesn't work. So what does work? Well, first, you have to genuinely want to let go. So as I mentioned earlier, my course is stop wanting him back and find someone better. 
And a few people have slid into my DMs and are just like, but what if I'm not ready? Like if I sign up for this course, that means I'm actually committing to letting him, her go. Yeah, 100%. So you have to want to let go. You have to be ready. I still say if you're in so much pain and you've been pining and pining and holding on and hopelessly waiting for this person to return and that's stopping you from getting coached, I would say sign up for the course and get started on healing your heart. And even if that person ends up showing up, that person needs to have elevated him or herself and has to have done some deep digging on why they left you in the first place. And in the meantime, you've got to be working on you. You've got to be healing you. And you've got to lay down the law. That just sounds really aggressive. But for lack of better words, if that person is to come back, you want to be really clear. You want to have a better understanding of how you want this relationship to go differently and how that will look. For sure, the first step in learning how to let go is that you have to decide you genuinely want to. And that will be really uncomfortable because that doesn't mean you have to stop loving the person. It just means you have to start committing to loving you more and committing to wanting to let go. The second step is you have to be compassionate with yourself when your brain says, but I don't want to. So I know that this is a little bit contradictory compared to step one, but this is the tricky part about heartbreak. We want to heal our hearts, but our brains are saying, hold on to him, hold on to him, hold on to him, right? That's why it's so hard. But if you've moved through step one and you said, you say to yourself, I'm committed, and that might look like cutting contact. That might look like signing up for my course or applying for my one-on-one. That might look like listening to all the episodes of this podcast and taking notes and committing to taking action steps to support your healing because people have healed their hearts just from this podcast alone. So you have to figure out what that looks like for you. I cannot recommend my course highly enough. And I love my one-on-one coaching program. It's for six months. I'm not taking on new clients till now late February, and that will keep getting pushed back as people continue. So if you are interested in that one-on-one high-touch vibed coaching, for sure, again, you can head to the website and we'll give you the details at the end of this episode. But deciding that you genuinely want to is for sure the first step, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're now over him because you've decided that you want to let go. It's just that I'm committing my brain to choosing me. I'm committing my brain to really taking my focus off of him or her and putting it onto myself. And then again, the second step is honoring when your brain is, but, 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 but. All I want is for him or her to come back because you're a fucking human, my loves. You loved that person. You loved him or her hard. You had an amazing time. You had an amazing connection. You had unbelievable chemistry. Your senses of humor felt like they were so connected and right and compatible and off the charts. You moved through some really painful experience together and you're always going to have that bond and you just want that person back. That is part of the process of letting go, being kind to yourself for your brain still holding on and recognizing that that is okay. If your best friend, sister, mom, whoever was still heartbroken, you in your right mind, understanding that saying, well, it's time to let go. It's just, you got to let him go. You got to let him go. Now that you've heard me pop off on it, right? You wouldn't say, what the fuck? You're still holding on. He sucks. You would never say that. Maybe some of you right now are going, 
Yeah, no, Claire, actually I would, but you know that that doesn't serve. My narcissistic sociopathic ex got a dog with another woman that he told me he got to bring us closer together. I found multiple pairs of underwear that weren't mine. I found out about multiple women who he was fucking while he was dating me, right? Like there's so much shit and I still wanted that motherfucker back because I was fucking broken. I have no logical explanation to make it sound normal for wanting someone who was so horrific to me, who promised me a lifetime and promised me that I was going to be the mother of his kids. Thank fucking God I am not. But there's no rationale when it comes to love. And there's certainly no rationale when you are so broken on the inside and all you want is that person back to fill that void. I get it. And so the second step is that you have to be compassionate to yourself when your brain just automatically wants to revert back to wanting that person. And then the third step is you have to be willing to look at your automatic pull of holding on. So first having compassion, right? And that second step, it's having compassion that your brain will will revert back. And then the third step is being willing to look at the automatic pull of holding on. This is the really, really painful part. You have to go to the painful place. I'm probably not the first person to say it is that the way to get to healing is through it, not around it. So you got to look at it. Why do you want this person back? Underneath that thought, I want him back. I want him back. After you've given yourself for compassion for having the thought, then really going into the pain. Where are you feeling that in your body? Is that that sinking pang in your belly? Or it's just like a shooting drop from your chest to your belly. Does it tighten up in your throat? Do you have tightness in your neck and your shoulders? Does it jump all around? Does it feel panicky in your chest? Do you feel like you can't catch your breath? Do you feel like sometimes a panic attack is about to come on? Do you have a full-on panic attack? Are you willing to lean into it? Are you willing to lean into the sickness of envisioning him or her with someone else? What are your greatest fears? Leaning into all of it. I know some of you right now are just going to want to turn this podcast off. Nope. No, thank you, Claire. Uh, I will pass. But this is the way through it. I'm going to lean into and look at this automatic pull. This is where my brain wants to go and be with it. Allow the discomfort. So as I mentioned earlier, my brain recently has been telling me I'm not enough or not that I'm not enough, but I'm not doing enough when it comes to my business or I'm not doing enough. Like I haven't been in touch with a majority of my loved ones because I've just, as I've mentioned, I'm catching up on rest after running my body into the ground for so long. People are disappointed in me. I should be showing up more. Like that's just what my brain is saying. And I do look at my thoughts and I have compassion Again, going back to, I have to genuinely want to shift this thought. I have to genuinely want to let go of not being enough or thinking I'm doing enough, right? And then I have to have compassion that that story repeats itself despite having moved mountains to create my dream life. And then I have to be willing to really lean in and look at the pain that that story creates and really feel it and be with it and allow it. And this is the tricky part. And it's something that my coach Stacy touched on recently is not needing to rush out of the pain. Really willing to look at that automatic pull on holding on and allowing yourself to stay in it. So 
I've been talking about this not enough story that I've been noticing my brain attaching to. And for sure, I've, I've mentioned it in the last couple of episodes. And today, it's definitely looser, but I can 100% be honest with you guys, it hasn't just disappeared. And I've decided on my week off to allow it to be and to continue to look at it and... Step four, I think I said earlier, you guys, that there were three steps to letting go. I meant to say that there were four steps. Step four is to self-coach. I teach you exactly how to do this in my course. Again, stop wanting him back and find someone better. In the very first section, the what you need to succeed section, I teach you two main thought tools and I go into all the nitty gritty pitfalls and traps that you can fall into that will fuck you up on your coaching. I hear from people all the time, Claire, I've, t- I've tried these tools. I've looked them up. I know what you're talking about. It just doesn't work for me. It's just because you're doing them wrong, my loves. And I don't say that to shame you. I say that to encourage you. Learn how to do them. They are lifelong tools. I just said to a client this past week that this is why I ask for at least a six-month commitment. But you're not investing for just six months of coaching with me. You're investing in six months of learning how to rewire your brain. I spent majority of a session yesterday talking with one of my clients who is just so consumed by her job where she's feeling really miserable. I do this actually with some clients listening right now are like, she's talking about me. I have multiple clients who have very demanding jobs and they find themselves so stressed and consumed by them. And that is a part of our work because it's showing your relationship with yourself and how you show up a majority of the hours of your week. Your job isn't causing you pain. It's your thoughts about your job. It's the same with me with my business. It's my greatest passion. It's what makes me wake up out of bed. And of course, Larry. (laughs) And, you know, I'll still have stressful thoughts. Like I'll still say to myself, Claire, you're not doing enough. You should be doing more, all the things, right? But it's my job to manage my mind around it. So self-coaching as much as possible. But I have to have been willing on step three to be willing to look at my automatic pull to the thought of not enough. You, if you're listening, if you're still holding on to Mr. or Miss Wrong, you have to be willing to go to that painful place. From there, there will be a shift. There will be some sense of peace. There will be an openness for you to then move to self-coaching. But I want to make something very clear. These four steps are not a linear process. Yes, I believe the first and second steps are crucial and you should go in that order. You have to genuinely decide you want to let go and commit to the work. And the second step is you have to be compassionate and kind to yourself. And then the third step, leaning in and then sure, maybe you lean in and you feel this like sense of a clearing or a shift where you're open to self-coach and then you could self-coach and start looking at better feeling thoughts to attach your brain to and show up differently. And then the next day or maybe later in the afternoon, you revert back to not wanting to let go. And are you willing to lean into that pain again? Are you willing to investigate that thought again? And I'm guaranteeing you it's probably a different thought. Letting go is like a big umbrella thought, but it's like, oh, and this about him and that about her and oh, the smell. I just want to feel the smell. I just want his arms around me. I just want to go holiday shopping and run errands with him. The basic things, right? All the different things that we put on a pedestal and pine for and perhaps forget about the shitty things. I just had a call today with a client who was devastatingly heartbroken and then some true colors were revealed. 
after the fact where she's like, you know, maybe this is the right thing for me. That's where she discovers this in the self-coaching because she's so committed to the work. But she also said to me, you know, there's a certain hour in the day at around 4 p.m. where I start to just feel sad again. I wake up. I feel empowered. I'm taking care of me. I'm doing the healing work. I'm, you know, pursuing my passions in my life. But like four-ish, like, do you have any advice for like that four o'clock hour? And I'm like, sounds to me like you might want to grieve. She was with this person for three years. It's not, let's just wrap it all up in a neat bow, but it's always your thoughts. But sometimes that thought feels so factual and true and real and your brain just really, really believes it that you might need to cry over it. Or you look at the thought and you're like, oh, wait a second. Like a client just said to me, I had this like awful thought about my ex being with someone else. And then I was just like, we don't need to, that just doesn't matter. That's what the thought that she came up with. That actually like really doesn't matter right now. And she was like, it was amazing. I didn't even do thought work. It just like uh, organically came up. And I'm like, well, that's you being the product of doing this consistent work. And then your brain will shift out of it. But we have to be willing to lean into the discomfort of what the brain is saying while being intellectual witnesses that our brains are just producing stories, stories that aren't true, stories that aren't serving us, but that just because we intellectually know that they're not true and we know that holding on to Mr. or Miss unavailable doesn't serve us, it's okay that our brains are doing that. It's what the brain does. It doesn't make you stupid. It doesn't make you fucked up. It doesn't make you crazy. It makes you a fucking human. And the more you're kind to yourself and the more you are willing to build your resilient emotional muscles and lean in and feel that pain. And if any shameful thoughts come up, I should have known better. What the fuck? Or their angry thoughts towards him. Watch them allow for them. And then when you're ready, step four, coach yourself. So just a little quick recap before I go. That first step, you have to genuinely want to let go. Step two, you have to be compassionate with yourself that it's hard and your brain will revert back. So you've made the decision that you want to, but you have to also be kind to yourself when your brain forgets its commitment. And then the third step is you have to be willing to look at that automatic pull and lean into the discomfort of it and feel it and allow it and not need to race out of it. And you will know. Everybody says, how can I tell? How can I tell? And I get into this in the course. I'm telling you, you will know when you are ready to self-coach on it. Sometimes even on my one-on-one coaching sessions with my personal coach, but also in my peer coaching sessions that I do with my peer coaches and my mastermind group, sometimes I'm like, I just need to get it out. I'm telling you right now, I'm not ready to shift out of this. Or I'll post something on the page where I'll share some really amazing result that I created. And I'll be like, you guys, my brain right now is just like, it's not enough. And I've self-coached. I think my work is to sit with it, but I also just want to shine a light on it. And if you guys do have any thoughts or coaching on it, I greatly appreciate it. But I think right now I'm just, I need to let it be. Just shining a light, admitting it, being kind and compassionate to myself, not fearing that they're going to judge me, not fearing that they're going to be like, oh, poor Claire, who created this result that maybe some of those coaches in the group aren't close to creating yet. But I'm just being honest and real with what is because if I don't shine a light on it and I don't work through it and I judge myself for it, that not enough story is just going to keep continuing and continuing even as everything quote unquote on paper gets better in my life. And I don't want to live it like that. 
And to be clear, I'm not living my life all day, every day, all the time, and this not enough story. It it resurfaces in the most unexpected times. In the same way that I've been with Larry now for 15 months, and I have been very transparent that I've had these crazy moments of being like, he's cheating on me. Now, that hasn't popped up in a while, but I, especially in the beginning, it was really hard for me to believe that he was like, the person for me, that he was as dreamy on the inside as he is to me on the outside. That was really, really hard for me to fully believe because my brain associated love for majority of my 20s and my 30s with danger, with unsafety, with pain, with betrayal, with, oh, when times get tough, I'm out. And so I really struggled. Those old traumatic fear of abandonment and all that shit came up for me, even with him here. And I just say that loudly and proudly to all of you because I don't think that that's crazy. I don't think I'm weird. I don't think I'm fucked up. I think I'm a fucking human. And I love sharing that with you because I want you guys to all know that you're not alone. You're not alone, but you also have access to tools that you can do something about it. And some of you might be listening right now and saying, well, Claire, you're telling me you have this great life, but you're also just sharing with us that you have this like not enough story. So why would I sign up for that? It just sounds to me like you're like, yeah, I have all these things, but I'm like still battling this story. And I think it's safe for me to say for my peer coaches who have also created these dream lives and these dream businesses. And like some of them have called in love, but some of them have rehabilitated the partnerships that they're in and are really living these amazing lives on paper. Their brains are still doing crazy shit. I just listened to my coach, Stacey Bayman on Kara Lowenthal's podcast. It's called Unfuck your brain. And they were talking about money mindset. And these coaches are seven-figure coaches. And Stacy is my coach. And they were just talking about their fucked up brains on money, even with seven figures in their bank accounts. It doesn't stop. And it's not because they're fucked up. They're incredible, brilliant, intelligent coaches who have created these successful businesses because of their abilities and they're still humans with brains who are going through a human experience. And I think that it's so important for people to understand that, as I said in the beginning of this episode, I don't sit here on my high horse that now that I have the love of my life and a business of my dreams and that like everything is perfect. And that reminds me of Brooke Castillo saying, you know, there's no there there. (laughs) Once I get there, then everything will be amazing. I've shared that multiple times, right? At people who get plastic surgery, oh, I've always wanted that nose job. And then they get the nose job. And then it's like, oh, now I need to like lift, raise my eyebrows or whatever. I don't know. I'm not familiar with um, facial construction, but you guys get the gist. Or when I lose the weight, then I'm going to be happy. No, you have to understand the mind that was using food to fill the void or when i find the love of my life like i had been i got myself to a place where i was so in love with myself as a single woman which i think is a crucial step that i teach you guys in the course that i almost got to the point that i was like i don't know if i want to disrupt this good thing i've got going with myself with my very full life in la before I call in the love of my life. And then I was like, ooh, Claire, that is such a defense mechanism. You know you want to share your life with an incredible man and you know your thoughts create your results. So can you do that? But 
I remember so many people saying to me, don't think that once he arrives, you've got it all figured out. And I knew that. I really knew that there was going to be more work to do with him here. And because he and I are so committed to being in the honeymoon phase for the rest of our lives, because we want that kind of love, that requires communication. That requires vulnerability. Every week, we always have a conversation about our relationship. It's not like tonight's the conversation about our relationship, but if there's a miscommunication or I just want to let him know just again and again and again how fucking in love I am with him and all the things, I just am so committed to appreciating him. But I I do make it a priority. And I also make it a priority if I'm upset about something. And so does he. And that's what I think makes the relationship work. But I wouldn't have attracted a relationship like that if I hadn't done the work on myself. So I don't trade, I don't want to trade my life for anything or anyone else's. I don't want to trade, trade my brain for anyone else's because look at what it created, but I'm never going to be finished. And the other thing that Brooke had said was, you could live a very anxiety-free, ridden life. <laughs> Guys, I'm not speaking very good English today. An, anxi- an anxiety-free, ridden life. <laughs> you know what I mean? You could live a life with much less anxiety if you're not interested in bigger goals. And that's just not who I am. And I'm assuming most of you listening, that's not who you are either. Yes, I have a lot of people who come to me and they're like, my life is so amazing and so full and I have this thriving career and great friends and great family and I have a great relationship with myself, which there's always skeletons in that closet, let me tell you. But I don't think that they're done once that they've created the relationship. I often re-up with my clients who have found love because then they want to navigate through having a really conscious partnership And then most of them want to have kids and take the relationship to the next level. And how do you navigate through all of that? And then it's a new journey being a parent or whatever it is. Or then you're inspired, you know, my my whole coaching business shifted when Larry came into my life and I had brand new ideas. There's no way without him in my life would I have created a course called Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better. I mean, that man is my freaking muse. (laughs) And it's just something that, I think would be so such a shame when you have these tools and you recognize that your thoughts can create your results. Why wouldn't you want to continue with expansion? But also there's times to just be, which was the coaching that my coach gave me at the beginning of 2020. Can you just be in your relationship and can you just be in your business and allow and be in flow, which I did do for a little while, but then it took off on a level that I had not even planned or expected for, which inspired the course. And so I ended up almost doubling my business this year. But next year is going to be a little bit more of ease and fun. She was like, now can you just have some fun? (laughs) So coaching is fun too, you guys. It's a mishmash of all the things and it just heightens your life on so many levels. But you have to be willing to lean into the hard. And if you really do want to let go of something that isn't serving you, these are the steps. 
genuinely wanting to, having compassion for yourself that it's hard and watching your brain when it doesn't want to let go and really being willing to lean into the pain when it doesn't want to let go and allowing for the space of that discomfort and then ultimately committing to coaching yourself every day. And sometimes you'll walk away from the work being like, ha, I feel the shift. Like today, this not enough bullshit that my brain has been indulging for a long time doesn't feel as real. It feels lighter. It feels like a separate story, but it's also not completely gone. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay. I just want to be eyes wide open and conscious and real. And I know better than anyone, I think, (laughs) how to handle discomfort. And it's going to be different for everybody. But It's so much better when it's conscious and it's so much better when it's allowed in your brain. Nobody wants to feel discomfort, but when you allow it and give yourself permission and look at it and don't judge yourself, it will pass that much quicker. So what are you desiring to let go of in 2021. I know there's so much fucked up shit that happened in this year that you want to let go of, but can you just pick one thing? I just wrapped my last session of the year today and she was like, I have so many things. I have so many things, Claire. What if you just picked two things max? Because when we have so many things, they ultimately get forgotten or dropped to the side because we get distracted. But if you could just pick one or two things you wanted to let go of and follow these four steps, I think some major magic will happen in your life. And if you are interested in really and truly letting go of Mr. or Miss Wrong, then I highly, highly recommend that you check out my course. Did I mention it's called Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better? I think that was like the eighth time. (laughs) So much love, my loves. Until next time in 2021. Bye. My love, are you ready to stop wanting him back and find someone better? Then head on over to ClaireTheHeartbreakCoach.com and sign up for my one-year group coaching program. I can't wait to put a stop to your broken heart and get a start on your happily ever after.